and welcome to SouthPod and the second in our series of discussions about vaccines and vaccine safety. I'm joined today by our vaccinating power couple, Joe and Karen Walker. Guys, you're very welcome. Um, you're both peer vaccinators for the Trust. Can you tell us a wee bit about what that actually entails? Um, so I suppose as peer vaccinators, um, myself and Joe working within the healthcare profession, um, it was very much um, the forefront of our day-to-day um, -day running in the service as uh, patient safety, staff safety, and I suppose working in a community team where my staff were out um, with very vulnerable patients, it was making sure that my staff were making sure that their patients and their own safety was at the forefront of everybody's uh, mind. Well, I suppose as the flu leaf for mental health and disability, what that meant for me was um, the assurance of training across the range of volunteers that we had stepping forward for, for the peer vaccinated role this year, which was, the, I mean, we've seen a significant increase in that from from last year's campaign, where, which was my initial outing as a, as a, as a peer vaccinator. So, um, so there's a lot of assurance around, around training and, and around the PGD. Um, I suppose within my role, um, I mean, I firmly believe in Dean from the front and, and the language of behaviour and all that. So it was evidence in um, what I was saying by, by, by what I was doing and, and trying to sort of maintain that motivation um, among the peer vaccinators. But I have to say, I have been absolutely overwhelmed by, by, by what all the peer vaccinators, not just in this division, but right across the piece of given to the trust this year. I mean, if you look at the stock figures within the first seven weeks of this campaign, as a comparative to last year, I mean, as it stands, we're already up eight or nine percent within seven weeks. Then we managed to attain during the entire program last year, and that's against the backdrop of, of COVID nineteen, where staff have been redeployed, staff mm -hmm. have been reset in services, unprecedented pressures, and this very much is an addendum to their role. I mean, staff have to sincerely be congratulated um, for fulfilling that role for, for for the trust in this year. It's commendable. The vaccination is the most important thing we can do to protect ourselves and our population against ill health. So it is one of the most important things healthcare professionals that we can do and then I, I believe the two of you I know Joe you said there um you you did this role last year as well for the trust but I believe the two of you have been had a wee competition almost between each other as to who has managed to give the most jabs so who's winning who's in the lead at the minute unfortunately Joe is it still Joe <laughs> if, you, if you see him in action honestly I've never seen he's so good um in relation to people's whenever you come up against people who are really afraid and they've never had the free vaccination before and they do have that um, resistance into getting it. Joe had all the facts figures and he definitely was able to um, able to give me that safe information. So definitely we've seen him in action. I'm, I'm never gonna tip him this year but um, he's had a year ahead of me. So <laughs> next year definitely um it'll be it'll be one for the watching. The battle's on. Are you always this competitive, <laughs> the two of you? I would say you know, but can probably say I yes. I would say yes. If you, you see my temp in Bowling, they desperate see when the, when the family are out. Oh, definitely the competitive streak is out. Uh, well, I think it's brilliant actually that you know you've highlighted there, Joe, the the increased uptake that we've had this year, um, amongst staff, and maybe because of the COVID factor. But do you still find people who might still be a wee bit reticent about getting a vaccine, and how do you then reassure them that this is actually the right thing to do? I suppose I suppose the answer to that Ruth, Ruth is yes. Um, and sort of just following what Karen said, a big part about this this role that I love, it, it's those clinical interfaces and actually having the opportunity to engage with people um, and provide that health education and health promotion. And, and, and what I've actually this year, I mean, I've seen a lot of sort of first time, I'm going to say vaccinated, stepping forward to, to, to receive the vaccine, who would have been afraid in the past? 
And I suppose that big motivator, that sort of big catalyst was, was COVID-19. Um, and being able to sort of meet people sort of face-to-face, you know, um, two meter distances and PPE and all that. Um, and I actually have the opportunity sort of to have that sort of um, open debate. I just seen it as being a, a, a real benefit, you know, because I've seen the hearts and minds, you know, being one, and I've seen opinions changing and people receiving that vaccine. Um, I think there's always going to be elements of people who, who are afraid of the unknown. I think that, not just for, for vaccines, but I think that's human nature, you know. But I think it's important to know that as healthcare workers, you know, we're, we're, we're increased risk from contracting, not, not just the flu, but a myriad of viruses, you know. Um, and that, that's given the number of interfaces in our, in our daily lives and work and socially. So the thing to remember is, like, I, I tried to give this message out this year, was vaccine protect all of us. It, it, it protects our patients, protects our family from many serious and potentially deadly diseases. You know, they protect other people in our community by helping you know, to stop those, those, those diseases from spreading. It's the most important thing that we can do to protect ourselves and our population against ill health. And I know I'm sort of paraphrasing the stat that it, it prevents 3 million deaths worldwide per year, and that's stark. And I think since, since vaccines were introduced, diseases like smallpox, polio and tetanus, I mean, they used to kill or disable millions of people globally. And they've either gone away or are very, very rarely seen. You know, think about within our lifetimes, diseases like measles and diphtheria. I mean, they've been reduced to almost 100%. I think that the last stat was 99.9% since their vaccines have been introduced. And I think the point to remember, though, that is that people stop having the vaccines because that's a direct result of that. It's possible that these infectious diseases, which are almost historical and antiquated now, but they could quickly spread again. They could come back. Um, so that's the, that's the message I was, I was trying to get this year. But I mean, I suppose the, the questions coming back from staff were, um, were very similar in, in nature. Do you know it was about, and especially not, not just for the flu, but in relation to the COVID vaccine, you know, around the safety measures, around the speed of time that it was, become, that it was being introduced, um, what, was, what was in it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know what I think? The key message this year was that, you know, it's an inactive stream of the virus. It cannot give you the flu, it cannot give you COVID. But what it does is it promotes an immune response, which means that should you contract the real life virus, your body will be in a position to fight that off. Um, and, and I suppose just to reiterate that all, all vaccines, you know, were safety tested before being being introduced. Do you know they're monitored for any side effects by the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency? You know, but that's the key message. Vaccine preventable diseases haven't gone away. And this year's testament to the ever risk of, you know, evolving novel viruses like COVID-19. And I suppose what we have said is it is the most, the, the safest medicine that you, you can take and put into your system. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you mentioned there about COVID um, and obviously we're, we're, we're probably heading towards the end of the flu vaccination campaign for staff and, and the um, public as well. But very quickly then, hopefully uh, the COVID vaccine will be, will be coming. Will you be changing your role then into that? Are you going to be leading the vaccination drive for COVID-19 vaccine? Absolutely. I think both of us would be absolutely on board to, to take that forward. And I know um, chatting to staff this morning, it was the first thing on their mind as to when to come and um, have research, you know, what's the evidence behind it. And, you know, that is on the forefront of all staff, what, when to come and when they're going to be available, who's going to be giving that out, you know, where are they going to be able to access it? You know, so it, it is definitely on the forefront. Because I suppose people are planning for Christmas now and they're thinking, you know, coming into next year, are we going to be able to go on our holidays? Um, because travel agents are basically saying that this is, this is on the back of being able to travel. So I suppose it's definitely um, definitely up there with staff that this is in the forefront of their mind. 
I think that, that's a very salient point, Ruth, that you said. You know, we, we're, we're given the flu vaccine one last big hurrah almost over the next two weeks. And regionally, if not nationally, our, our focus is going to be entirely shifting towards COVID vaccination. Um, it's public enemy number one. I mean, that's no mystery to any of us. But I think the important thing for staff to note is if you still haven't had your flu vaccine, it's important that you look at, at the scheduled flu clinics that are being circulated at the minute and get it as soon as possible because there needs to be a lag time of seven days yeah. from having your flu vaccine to having the COVID vaccine. So I, 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 the, 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 flu, the flu campaign is ongoing. The next quarter is going to be going to be a, bit, a key time frame if you wish to get it. So I, I can't, I suppose, emphasize that enough for staff. Where do you go then to find out if I still need to get my flu jab and I'm a member of staff? Um, where do I find out where the clinics are or is the flu bus still doing the round? Yep. So the flu the flu bus is still is still doing it's still doing the rounds. You know, um, Captain by Roy, our, our driver in transport, he's been absolutely phenomenal. So we need to give a special shout out to Roy. <laughs> well uh, done, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and, and Andrew, as our, our flu our flu day champion, is circulating dates via via SharePoint, via Global Circulars, um, coming down through um, divisional levels. So check your inboxes, check SharePoint. Um, the clinics are now scheduled for the next two weeks, um, and, and we are trustworthy on different days, Excellent. usually around an hour each site. So please do take note. Um, like I say, sixty minute windows. And then also on SharePoint, there should be the peer vaccinators within all your areas. All the information should be on there as well. I think it's interesting as well in your role as peer vaccinators that our, our staff, our colleagues are really seeing you as the, as the go-to for where they need more information about this. And we've all watched um, the race has been on really globally to develop this vaccine for, for COVID-19. But the anti-vax lobby is a strong one. And all of those um, concerns and so on that people have been highlighted the whole speed with which it has been developed do you have any concerns at all that any of the safety that's normally applied to vaccine development could in any way have been have they cut any corners in the race to get this done from a safety point of view i think Ruth, that regardless of where we are and um, with, with, with vaccines there's always been a strong contingent contingent of, of anti-vaxxers um be that measles be that uh, measles mumps and rubella you know I'm sorry to give this proper title, you know, I mean, it's been commonplace, you know, mm -hmm. but in regards to the COVID vaccine, like I said earlier on, the MHRA are rigorously assessing the data that they're receiving and the evidence submitted um, in regards to the vaccine safety, its quality and its effectiveness. So they've already started their analysis on this and with their aim to make a decision in the shortest time possible. Mm -hmm. But that shortest time possible does not compromise the thoroughness of, the, of that review. Um, they also have that, or, or we as a population have that safety net, they seek advice from the government's independent advisory body, which is the Commission on, on Human Medicines. And the Commission, their, their jobs are critically assess that data too, but before advising the UK government on the safety, quality, effectiveness of the COVID vaccine. So suppose the important message is, is the safety of the public always comes first with the MHRA, mm -hmm. and their job is to work to those highest standards of safety. So you're going to be front of the queue? Again, sort of feedback in the current I both both try in our daily work to lead by example. So it's not just what we say, it's what we do. So we will be first in the queue without doubt. And it's putting that, you know, the safety in the public always comes first. Um, and also as healthcare professionals, you know, definitely if it's something that we'd be we'd be steering towards. I think when it comes to vaccinations, they're, they're the most regularly tested and analysed um, form of medicines out there. So essentially, they are the most uh, the most safe medicines you can put into your body. Mm -hmm. 
There's no medicines regularly tested or analyzed as, as much as, as vaccines. This is, this is a real unique opportunity for us, you know, especially as healthcare workers to, to be able to this vaccine at a very early juncture. But this is our way to unlock the lockdown without sounding cliche. You know, it's a real privilege that we're in a position to, to, to be at the front of that queue. You know, this is our, our opportunity to return to normality. We're all sick and tired of this. It's been a year of almost of, of, of COVID-19. You know, we're missing our friends and we're, we're missing our loved ones. You know, I'm missing the smell of popcorn in the cinema and seeing Star Wars on the big screen and hearing that music. You know, I'm missing seeing Power Jam in concert, you know. <laughs> but it's time that, that we get back together as a society. It's time to hug each other again, you know, without, again, without say, say, um, sounding too cliche. But it's, it's time for a return to normality and this is our conscience to do that, Ruth. Joe and Karen, you do a fantastic job and what ambassadors you are for vaccine safety. I'm sure you've reassured a lot of our listeners and they'll be contacting you straight after this to go and get the job done. So, like, thank you so much. Thank you very much. And remember to contact myself, Karen.